Welcome to Unaffordable, a podcast about affordability solutions in Boulder County, brought to you by Boulder Weekly and KGNU. I'm Angela K. Evans. The secret's out. Boulder, Colorado is beautiful, progressive, walkable, safe, and increasingly unaffordable. But Boulder's not alone in its affordability crisis. The need for reliable, affordable housing outweighs supply in many areas of the U.S. Across the country, legislators, nonprofit organizations, city planners, housing advocates, and regular people are searching for answers. Unsurprisingly, discussions about affordable housing can be confusing, with numerous programs, funding sources, and strategies involved. The amount of bureaucracy on federal and local levels can be intimidating, both for those who need affordable housing and for those in the community concerned about it. But, as we've heard over and over in our reporting, there's no one-size-fits-all solution to the affordability crisis. There are many facets that cause unaffordability, and even more problems that can arise from it. No one solution is capable of fixing the entire problem. In each episode of Unaffordable, we'll present an interview with someone involved in affordability solutions, from design to homeowners association costs to transportation access and more. This is just one person's opinion on one aspect covered in our written series, which you can find at boulderweekly.com. Subscribe to Unaffordable wherever you get your podcasts so you can listen to each episode. Today, we're going to be talking about homeowner associations, or HOAs. As cities and local governments increasingly focus on affordable housing around the state, Homeownership units are often part of neighborhoods or developments within common interest communities, HOAs. These come with monthly dues to cover community costs like building maintenance, landscaping, perhaps upkeep of shared amenities like pools, laundry facilities, or community areas. To talk more about this, I'm sitting with Jay Segnet, who has been working with the City of Boulder on housing policy for about seven years. He also manages the Affordable Homeownership Program. Hey, Jay, thanks for coming on the Unaffordable podcast. Thanks for having me. (laughs) So over the course of our reporting, um, we've heard from multiple homeowners in the affordable program who are frustrated by their rising HOA costs and fees, uh, special assessments, things like that to cover larger projects. Some even went as far to say their HOA uh, costs and interactions with associations have caused them to question their participation in the affordable homeownership program. A few others also have sold their homes in the program expressly over their concerns. Since the written story came out a couple months ago, we've heard from even more people with similar stories and frustrations. But what have you in the city heard? And how often do you hear from folks in the affordable program about their HOA specifically? So we definitely hear similar concerns and frustrations, but it's really been pretty uh, on an occasional basis. Uh, Only once every few months, maybe. And yes, it it certainly can be a challenge for owners of deed-restricted, permanently affordable homes, um, and it can jeopardize a home's long-term affordability, Um, and as a result, our ability to address a lot of Boulder's affordable housing challenges. Some of what you've heard prompted the city to do a couple of community surveys in 2019. What did that show you? Well, the reason we did the survey is we wanted to better understand the extent of the issues with HOAs. So including everything from fee escalation to special assessments um, and the overall HOA financial health. Um, So we sent it to all known HOAs in Boulder, as you mentioned in 2019. It was uh, 93 property management firms 
and HOAs, representing 282 HOAs. Um, and we compared these results to a similar survey we did back in 2012. And I would say that, that the biggest takeaway um, from this, the surveys with that is that this, these issues are not unique to the city's affordable housing program. Um, they're not unique to the city of Boulder. They're not even unique to the state of Colorado. This is happening across the board um, in across the country. So in terms of what we heard, um, just some context, so most HOAs are professionally managed, um, about 74%. Um, that's up from 70% in 2012, uh, and largely because it's difficult for volunteers to really effectively manage an HOA. Uh, the HOAs uh, that we are looking at, they're, they're predominantly attached units. They're not often single-family homes, uh, and about 88% of them are attached, so that means they share a roof or they share a wall. And as you mentioned, the services they provide are everything from insurance to snow removal, exterior building maintenance, trash recycling, professional management of the HOA. Some even include water and sewer and pest control. And as we all know, I mean, these costs do go up on an annual basis. So we have been tracking that. So in 2019, the median dues for an HOA was about $315. Back in 2012, it was 224. So it's gone up almost $100 in the past seven years. Um, the good news from the survey is that most HOAs have reserves to help fund those major maintenance projects. Uh, about uh, this year, or the most recent survey was 91%. And a third of the HOAs had lump sum special assessments in the past six years, and that's been increasing. So it was only 10% back in 2012. And that special, average special assessment was th uh, just over $3,200. So that's pretty significant. Um, and that can have a significant impact on the affordability of a home. Um, even if it's uh, market rate and the affordable units. So unfortunately, about only about 46% of HOAs have completed a capital reserve study in the past six years. And that capital reserve study is really important because that is what you, helps you project your future um, costs in terms of maintenance. Uh, and it makes sure that you're collecting the appropriate amount of dues um, today to help pay for those expenses in the future. So most HOAs felt uh, to be in excellent uh, condition financially, so 36%. Uh, also 36% said they felt they were in good financial condition. 21% were fair and 6% were poor. So most OHOAs have taken one or more steps in the past 12 months uh, prior to 2019 to address budgetary constraints and shortfalls, um, 81%. Um, and they have capital reserves, so in their budget to help pay for unexpected expenses or, or future anticipated expenses. And that uh, median was just over $2,700 compared to $1,200 back in 2012. So it's some good news, but the fact remains that most HOAs are financially sound and well-managed, but some HOAs simply are not. And those are the ones we hear about the most. So that was the general HOA surveys across the board in Boulder, but you also did a survey specifically for folks in the um, Affordable Homeownership Program. What did that show you? So we have about 800 homes in the city's uh, permanently affordable uh, homeownership program. 
And we do this on a regular basis uh, just to see how we're doing. How satisfied are people with their homes? Uh, so the big question is, um, how satisfied are you? 57% of the respondents said very satisfied. 34% um, said somewhat satisfied. 10% uh, were neutral uh, or somewhat dissatisfied or very dissatisfied. About 9 in 10 or 89% were glad they purchased their home um, and would do it again. Uh, most respondents feel somewhat secure financially, um, 56%, very secure, uh, 27%. Uh, in contrast, 17%, uh, not too secure, uh, and 12%, not secure at all. So most respondents' uh, sense of financial security has improved since they purchased their affordable home, uh, 68%, while 17% have experienced no change and 14% have experienced a, a decline. So what is concerning about the survey is that almost half of the respondents experienced a surprise when it comes to um, uh, being a homeowner. Uh, so 49% compared to 34%, which was um, the response for all of the HOAs. HOA fees and assessments have been much more. 32% um, of the respondents re um, replied or somewhat more, 33%, than they had expected. Um, in contrast, a much lower share of respondents say the costs have been higher than expected for things like maintenance, repair, utilities, and mortgage payments. Uh, the median HOA dues for the permanently affordable homes is about $241, um, which is less than the median for market rate homes at 315, which is good. Um, and roughly half the respondents living in the HOA have had lump special assessments, so those big ticket items. Um, since the time they've owned their home, so 52%, so just about half, compared with um, close to a third for all market rate homes. And despite those challenges and issues, the survey results, um, I feel were, were still quite heartening. Um, the 57% are very satisfied, 34% somewhat satisfied with their home, the 9 out of 10 that, who are glad that they purchased their home and would do it again. In addition, uh, respondents really expressed the highest satisfaction with the locational aspects of a home, so having access to a bike um, or a trail, uh, location of the home, uh, proximity to open space. These uh, are many things that living in Boulder provide, and without access to an affordable home, many respondents would not be living in Boulder. Okay, so, you know, prices have gone up, even though maybe not as much um, for affordable homeowners as, as market rate, as you just mentioned. Um, but, you know, there's a lot out there about how developers, who are the ones to create HUAs and the governing documents, may initially set rates artificially low uh, in order to, you know, sell units and things like that. But that can create some sort of problems in terms of expectations of future costs. Um, how does this play into the issues you hear from homeowners in the affordable program? Yeah, absolutely it does. Uh, and again, it's not unique to affordable homeowners. Um, it's all HOAs across the board. And although developers may set the rates artificially low in the beginning, um, the HOA which is run by the homeowners, can always conduct uh, a reserve study and properly fund a reserve to avoid future special assessments. So they may be digging themselves out of a hole, but they can um, start planning for the future. 
Um, but most HOA board members um, are cost conscious, and they do try to keep their HOA costs low by embracing sometimes some wishful thinking in terms of what those future costs could be um, in terms of maintenance and repair. But I would say that the biggest challenge I see to addressing these management issues is that people just really don't want to get involved in their HOA. I hear over and over from HOA board members how difficult it is to get members involved. Um, and often those who do get involved um, will often only do so because they're experiencing a problem. You're listening to Unaffordable, a podcast collaboration between Boulder Weekly and KGNU. I'm Angela K. Evans. Today, we're talking to Jay Sugnett, who runs the Affordable Homeownership Program with the City of Boulder. And we're talking about homeownership association costs, or HOAs. You know, going back to kind of the history and how HOAs are set up, you know, in researching I found a lot about how HOAs across the country have perpetuated both racism and classism, you know, with restrictions on selling homes to African Americans and other minorities written into the governing documents. Even with the 1948 Supreme Court decision preventing this practice, it continued into the 1990s and even early 2000s in some places. One author, Jonathan Rothwell, went as far as to say HOAs perpetuate racial and economic segregation by blocking fair participation in housing markets, thus denying wealth-generating opportunities and upward mobility for many Black people and lower-income families. Have you found any evidence of that in Boulder? The short answer is, is no, there's no direct evidence, but I would not be surprised that if in the past there were HOA covenants in Boulder that prohibited the sale of a home to a person of color or recent immigrants, um, as you mentioned, housing policy in the U.S. has a rather sordid past um, with explicitly racist real estate um, and lending practices that do still linger today. Um, some of these issues are currently being explored at the city in a variety of venues, and um, I think listeners will hear more in the near future about it. Something else that came up over and over again in my reporting is, you know, competing priorities. In a one development, there are market rate owners, affordable homeowners, and in mixed-use developments, even commercial owners. Market rate and commercial owners are looking to do things to maintain and increase property values as much as possible, but that's not necessarily the goal of affordable homeowners who are limited in how much they can make when they sell. Yeah, and this has been an issue since the beginning of the program. Um, we certainly recognize that. The city requires just a, a little bit of background. We require 20% of all homes in a new development to be permanently affordable. So typically, this is um, uh, eligible to households earning between 80 and 120% of area median income. And what that translates to is um, roughly a household of three earning between 80 and $120,000 a year. Um, so the home value is limited by the program to a maximum appreciation each year. So it's approximately 2%. While the market rate homes next door that may look and feel exactly the same, um, they're appreciating at market rate, which is 5 to 7% or even more. Um, and this year, I think it will be significantly more since it's been such a crazy market. 
And you're right, there can be a tension between the market rate uh, and the affordable owners. Um, and often the affordable owners are a minority in the HOA. Um, and if a small development, uh, it could be as few as one to two affordable units total. Um, and those people often feel their concerns are not considered when it comes to dues, assessments, uh, and overall spending. So what's the city's role in all of this? I mean, obviously you run the affordable program, you know, you create these units um, with the deed restrictions and things like that you just talked about. Um, but do you have any say in how HOAs are run? In general, no. Uh, while the city uh, does review HOA declarations for a new development with affordable homes to ensure that the affordable homeowners are treated equitably, um, for example, we want to make sure that they, they have the same access to common areas, amenities, parking, uh, have the same voting rights. Um, but people should remember that HOAs are actually democratic organizations. A majority of members uh, can change those bylaws or covenants. And the city does have no role, as you mentioned. Um, it's a relation, that relationship between the homeowner and the HOA is a contract. Um, and really our best advice is for people to get involved because they can change their HOA. And get involved means being on the board, volunteering, mm -hmm. or you know, just generally looking at the budget and, and keeping up on things? I think it's a combination. We can talk more about that when we talk about education. Yeah, I mean, you you mentioned education. You know, the state can't do much either. Um, so the city doesn't really have a role, but the state doesn't either. They can field complaints, um, and they do offer a lot of education, but they have no regular regulatory power to investigate issues when they do arise. Um, so like you mentioned, the city has also been focusing on education. What does that look like? Yeah, so while the state uh, regulates what an HOA can and cannot do, you're correct. There, there is no currently, there is not currently a meaningful enforcement mechanism. An HOA, as I mentioned, is a contract between the homeowner and the association. So disputes over that contract are typically handled through the legal process. Um, the state does provide information and resources to HOAs, um, and that's really where the city has focused its efforts as well. Um, and while you know, we cannot remove all risks associated with home ownership for affordable home buyers, um, we can make sure buyers are making an informed decision and current HOA members uh, can understand what their rights are. So we do, we've done a couple things. So uh, neighborhood services within the city of, of Boulder has been ho hosting several HOA workshops each year. And the state in the past has been extremely helpful in those. Um, these provide an overview of the nuts and bolts of running an HOA, how to resolve disputes, and answering their uh, member questions. Uh, and considering how many people in Boulder live in HOAs, uh, they're not very well attended. We get about 20 to 30 people um, coming to those meetings. Specific to affordable homeowners, we require uh, every potential buyer to go through an all-day education program because we want them to be successful as homeowners. Um, there's a lot to learn. Um, and keep in mind, when the city uh, is qualifying someone to be eligible for one of these homes, we make sure that the HOA dues uh, are factored into um, the total, their total housing costs to ensure that including mortgage payments, insurance, and um, HOA dues that they're not paying more than 30% of their income on housing. 
Um, so, as I mentioned, the mandatory training, it's an all-day class that really covers all aspects of homeownership and what to expect, and we talk quite a bit about HOAs. Um, we also provide an HOA checklist to each home buyer um, to help nudge them to do their due diligence to check into the HOA. So we want them to ask questions. What does the HOA allow prohibit? Um, like pets, as simple as pets. Uh, what is covered in the HOA fee? When did it last increase? Are there any special assessments? Has a reserve study even been done? And how well does the HOA actually maintain the property? Uh, what does the HOA insurance cover? Um, and is there a history of HOA uh, litigation? Um, so it's questions like that, but we also encourage all buyers to read the declarations. So the covenants, conditions, and restrictions on a property and to understand how the HOA is governed. So I have to fully admit, I did not do any of that when I bought my home in an HOA. Um, and I would wager that the vast majority of listeners didn't either. Um, so this, that's the big challenge. Uh, people are excited to buy a home. It's often their first time. Um, and they don't take the time to research the HOA. Who wants to read through an HOA meeting minutes and reports and fully understand the financial stability of the HOA? Um, but that's really the only way to fully understand the risks associated with homeownership in an HOA. Yeah, I can imagine that would be especially hard, you know, in such a competitive market right now where houses are going so fast and, you know, you really want to get your offer in. Do you have time to do all of that? Um, I know the city has also been piloting two new programs to help homeowners in the affordable program specifically. One uh, will help out with special assessments that may arise and the other will help with selling homes in the future. Can you explain these programs a bit more and, and why the city chose to implement these? Yeah, so we, just this year, we've, we've implemented two new programs to address uh, some of the concerns we've heard. Unfortunately, there isn't a silver bullet to solve all the problems, but um, we, over time, have been tweaking the program, and this year we have two new programs that we've launched. And the first has to do with resale. We, so one of the things that we've heard from affordable homeowners is that they're worried about the resale with the escalating uh, HOA costs and, and special assessments. So what we did is um, we have the option to expand the pool of potential applicants to slightly higher incomes. Um, so this basically should alleviate that for fear because um, um, although it hasn't been used, we don't want owners to feel trapped in their homes. Um, people should know that there's always um, high demand for this program um, as it's really the only way many people can afford to buy a home in Boulder. Uh, the second one, which is more significant in my opinion, is a, a special assessment grant. So when a homeowner is hit with a special assessment, these can be $1,000, $2,000, but they could be as high as $10,000. And, you know, some people can manage uh, those extra payments, um, particularly if they're allowed to pay in installments. Uh, but it does create a significant burden on the household, particularly if they're on a fixed income. So owners would be or are eligible for a grant from the city. The city pays the special assessment directly to the homeowners association. And in return, the resale price of the home is reduced in an equal amount. So the, uh, the benefit is that this helps the homeowner. Um, they don't have to um, pay that um, out of pocket until um, they sell. Uh, and often that difference in appreciation covers the cost. And it helps the program because we can offer as a city 
we can offer homes at lower prices to eligible buyers. Um, and great news, there's definitely demand. We just started advertising this program uh, about two months ago. We have two homeowners applying for the grant, um, and those assessments should be paid uh, sometime in this month. Oh, I hadn't heard that two people had actually started using the program. Um, that's good to hear. But both programs are pretty new, and it's almost too early to tell how much they will end up helping folks. You know, there also aren't really any metrics to measure the effectiveness of the city's education efforts. So are there any other jurisdictions or other solutions that Boulder is looking to, you know, maybe from around the country? We are always open to making changes to the program to make improvements. And, you know, Boulder has one of the most mature, affordable home ownership programs in the country. Um, we've been evolving this program over the past 30 years um, to address issues and concerns as they come up. And it's really often other cities in the U.S. calling us for solutions to their housing challenges. And we're always happy to share what we've learned. Well, thanks, Jay. really appreciate you um, spending time with us talking about HOAs. I know it's complex and it affects more people than just are in the affordable program. Um, but yeah, thanks for coming on. Thank you so much for having me. That was, that was a lot of fun. You've been listening to Unaffordable, a podcast collaboration between Boulder Weekly and KGNU. I'm Angela K. Evans. Today's guest was Jay Sugnett, who runs the Affordable Homeownership Program with the City of Boulder. You can read the entire written series at boulderweekly.com, but don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and not miss an episode.